Hi there, you're listening to the Estranged Heart Podcast, and I'm your host, Creed Revere. Welcome back to our returning listeners, and if this is your first time here, thank you for selecting this podcast to listen to. As we begin today's episode, I invite you to grab a cup of coffee or tea, settle in, and listen with an open heart. But first, the regular disclaimer. I am not a licensed therapist or counselor. Nothing within this podcast should be considered or taken as therapy. If you are in need of therapeutic support, such as counseling, please seek out a therapist near you. Welcome back to another episode and a couple of announcements before we get started. I wanted to remind everyone that um, I have another Zoom support group that I would like to get started for estranged moms. So a second um, group that would be meet in the evenings. I've had several folks express an interest in that and um, the current group is meeting during the day. And I've had, uh, like I said, several um, moms express an interest in meeting in the evening um, or late afternoon hours. If that's of interest to you, please send me an email, theestrangedheart at gmail.com, and we can um, discuss that further regarding your specific needs on days and times. Also, if you are an estranged mom or an estranged adult child, and would like to share your story on the podcast, please feel free to reach out to me um, for a conversation to determine um, goodness of fit for this particular podcast. Um, Not everyone who wishes to share their story uh, is accepted for for this show. It doesn't mean that their stories aren't valid, um, et cetera, but the estranged heart has a specific purpose and foundation of the show, and I really like to keep that intact uh, regarding all information that is shared, whether that's information that I share, examples I share, and or stories that are shared on the show. So you can reach me again at theestrangedheart at gmail.com. Also, uh, T-minus about 70 days or so uh, for my cross-country trip and move. I would love to make some stops along the way and meet up with those of you who might be interested in meeting in person. Um, If that's of interest to you, let me know. I'm happy to see if I can place that on the, the route, the mapping route. I am not entirely sure at this point which route I will take, whether that will be a north route um, through west and middle, midwestern part of the U.S., or if I will go the southern route. So anyway, if you're, if that's of interest to you, feel free to email me and um, we can take a look at what possibilities there might be. A couple of quotes for today. Abuse happens in situations where one person has direct power over the other. Conflict concerns situations of mutual participation or in which the powerful person is in denial. For those in positions of dominance, opposition feels like an attack. 
and that is by Sarah Shulman. The second is the soul exists in the rich, sometimes tense space between people and how you handle that space can make all the difference in creating a healing environment. And that is by Thomas More, the book called The Care of the Soul in Medicine. And the final one is when we begin doing what it takes to develop and deepen emotional intimacy, our relationships start to become less of a battlefield or flatland and more of a sanctuary. They become more vital, more nourishing, more authentic. And that is by Robert Augustus with Emotional Intimacy. On to today's episode. Today's topic came about, well, today's, the series, this particular series came about after hearing a running theme over the last several years of my work in the estrangement community. And that is the belief that estrangement occurs for one particular reason, or maybe two. When in reality, as human beings, we are complex, there are nuances to our relationships, and by default, that means that it is a very, very rare occasion, and in all of my work over the last, oh gosh, um, five or six years in the estrangement community, I've come across one case where there was one particular incident that occurred that caused an estrangement between a parent and adult children. The rest of them, so by far the majority, are layered experiences. They do not by and large have one particular thing or one particular thing in in childhood um, such as sometimes what I hear is oh it was the divorce um, and the fact that my ex alienated my children against me Um, and so I wanted to compile what I have discovered over these years to be sort of the running themes when I encounter parent and adult child estrangement. Now, one of the things that can come into play with this, although I, I don't, I have a very different view on it and that's parental alienation. I, Yes, it can be a form of estrangement, but when the alienation begins, when the children are at home and they're minors, um, it's not always a conscious and intentional decision that the child makes. It's laced um, with 
the alienation pieces. Um, and a going along of sorts with the belief of one parent about the other parent. So that's not the generally the realm that I work in, right? There are pieces of that, but generally when I am working with a, with a family that has parental alienation involved with it, it, it is because of an, a divorce or se- something along those lines, a separation that occurs when the adult children are adults and they're not minors. Um, so, you know, a, a mother who stays with the father of the children until the, the kids are grown and out of the house and off to college or have families of their own and then they divorce and then there's there can be a, um, a bit of alienation with that. And so anyway, what I am going to cover in this series is not, it, parental alienation is not going to be a part of that. So if, if that is your story, your experience, then this might not be a series that you necessarily want to listen to. However, I will encourage you to listen um, because there may be nuggets of wisdom, nuggets of things to think about that may have never crossed your mind before. And you might see threads of things that run through the relationship with you and your adult child or children that you've never noticed or paid attention to in the past. So this will be a six part series. And the first part today we will cover emotional neglect and abuse. And I know that this is a hot topic. The words are very triggering for parents. And I'm asking that you stay with me and try to look beneath these words, right? Try not to let the word neglect and abuse, the words neglect and abuse, hold you back from hearing all the other things that I'm going to talk about today. So this is one of the themes of parent and adult child estrangement. When there is emotional neglect and abuse, Um, and what are, I guess I want to start with, what are some examples of these, right? So that you can have a clearer understanding regarding these terms that what I hear from parents, the quote unquote, the kids just toss out there, like it's no big thing or that it's, it doesn't have as a damaging effect on the parent as the parent believes that it does, right? That the, they think the kids don't understand that. So I'm hoping to kind of shed some light on what these um, examples are so that we have a better understanding and grasp on this. So some forms of emotional neglect would be a lack of emotional availability. 
um, such as a, a parent who is consistently unavailable or not responsive to their child's emotional needs, failing to provide comfort and support in times of distress. One of the times that I can think of uh, personally in my, my experience in raising my girls was I had so much going on in my life and trying to navigate single parenthood or the stressors of a job, et cetera, et cetera, that when my kids came to me with their hurts and pains, I saw those as less than, like they weren't, in the grand scheme of life, they weren't super important, when in reality, to them as a child, those needs, their time of distress was very important. It was important to them. And by not being available to them to sit down and listen to them without distractions, without, you know, of course I didn't, there weren't cell phones when my kids were super little. Um, but without the distraction of, of all the things, right. My kids would talk to me and I'd be watching TV. I wouldn't be paying, um, a whole lot of attention to them. So that's one example of emotional neglect is that lack of emotional availability of just not being present, not being available to listen to their distress. Um, this, another one example is ignoring or dismissing emotions. Oh my gosh, I was so guilty of this. Um, minimizing their feelings and this is also kind of goes hand in hand with the next one, which is fail failure to validate. So when we are ignoring or dismissing our child's emotions, we are in fact invalidating them. And this is something that as benign as our culture and society makes us out to be, it is so unbelievably damaging. So what are, what are some examples of that, right? <clears throat> Ignoring and dismissing emotions and not validating. Examples of that would be, come on now, it wasn't that bad. I'm sure she didn't mean to, to, to say that. She didn't mean to hurt your feelings. You know, maybe she was just having a bad day. Why do you have to take things so personal? That's invalidating our child's feelings. And I did that all the time. I see most every parent I know of that has adult children has done that, did that when their children were growing up, thinking that if we take their mind off of the hurt and pain that they were experiencing, the emotional hurt and pain they were experiencing, that we were doing good when in fact we were being very invalidating of their emotions and their experience and what they were going through. And in large part, that's because that's what we experienced, right? I know that that's what I grew up with. What will the neighbors think? What will so-and-so think? Don't, don't do that. Don't, don't cry. We can't have that going on right here, right now. Right. 
I mean, that was the way that most of us in Gen X and boomer generations were raised. However, as we all know, things change with time. And we begin to know that over time, we need to do things differently than the way we were raised with, right? Um, Because of the discovery of new information. So we talked about also failure to validate, not acknowledging or validating um, a child's experiences, their achievements, their struggles, um, leading to that lack of emotional validation. It's huge. Um, Another one is withholding affection. Withholding um, physical affection, warmth, positive uh, reinforcement, you know, creating an environment uh, where the our child feels loved and deserving of affection. And I know that this too is something that a lot of parents struggled with, Gen X and Boomer parents struggled with because they never got that. And I hear that as a re- reoccurring theme with a lot of adult children that I work with is that my mom, and I know that I, I am guilty of this. My mom never hugged me. My mom never comforted me. Um, you know, she never had that warmth and caring affection for me. And when we grew up with that, not having that as for ourselves, when we were children, It was hard to know how to give that to other people. So, um, and that has devastating effects on our children. Um, And finally, uh, inconsistent caregiving, um, inconsistent emotional care, um, having unpredictable responses, which lead to, you know, the the child being confused and having insecurity, not knowing you know, is this the day that mom's going to blow up? Is this the day that dad, you know, stops being silent and has an explosion of anger, etc. So inconsistency in the caregiving. Uh, it, types of emotional abuse examples uh, would be constant criticism. Um, that criticizing a... Um, a child's appearance and abilities, their behavior, which in turn just kind of create a feeling of inadequacy and worthlessness. So what would be an example of that? You're going, you know, you get ready, everybody's sitting around waiting to go out to dinner and your child walks out of their bedroom or teenager and you say, you're going to wear that? Or same thing, you're getting ready to leave the house and you don't feel like your child's hair has been properly styled. And you say, you need to go brush your hair before we leave, right? I know that these things sound to an adult with lots of life experience as something that's very minor. And for the older generations, it also is a, well, this is just common 
decency. I wouldn't want my kid to, to be embarrassed when they go out in public and are looking disheveled. Well, my question to you is, how do you know how your child's going to feel? Is it really your child who's going to be embarrassed or is it you? Because I'm here to tell you, nine times out of 10, it would not have been my kid who was embarrassed. It would have been me. I mean, I see kids, you know, think about little kids. They wear mismatched outfits, stripes with polka dots and, you know, one green sock, one yellow sock. And they are, they think they are looking sharp. And the parent comes along and says, oh, no, honey, you can't, you can't wear that. You don't match. And what that is telling the child is what you've chosen for yourself is not acceptable. And we can't accept you as you are wearing this. So you need to go change and put on something that I approve of. And then later in life, that leads to an adult who cannot make decisions for themselves. It leads to a child who wants to be a perfectionist and is afraid and scared to death to make a mistake or to wear something that might be looked at in an odd way or they feel might be looked at in an odd way. And so then they become paralyzed with fear and can't make a decision. Another form of emotional abuse is gaslighting. And I know that this is another triggering word for parents uh, because the kids say that, you know, you, you're always gaslighting me. Well, maybe we are, maybe we did. Um, and that's, you know, the gaslighting is denying someone's experience, their emotions and their memories, um, leading them to, have self-doubt and being confused you know it's it's a form of gaslighting that most people are familiar with is if you have a, a husband and wife and one of them has an affair and they tell the one that's having an affair tells the other one when the other one confronts them and then says what you're crazy i'm not having an affair why would you be asking that? Maybe you're the one having an affair. And you're like, the one who's asking the question is like, what in the ha what has happened here? I'm not, no, this is not right. This is, what is going on here? They really start questioning their own sanity. And that's what we have, we have done as parents. I, I know I've done it and I know I'm not the only one. And whether we recognized it or not when it was happening, it doesn't change the fact that we did it. That we still do it. When our children come to us with their perspective of their childhood and we say, no, you are wrong, that is gaslighting. Instead of getting curious and maybe asking some questions, we jump to assumptions and statements. Another form of emotional abuse is emotional blackmail. Um, and when I was thinking about an example for this one, the first thing that popped in my head was, you know, I used to be a police officer and 
one of the things that I absolutely hated was when I, you know, I could be at a store in uniform, picking up something for the office or picking up something on my way home. I was off duty, but still in uniform and headed home and standing there in line and some mom would have their little child who was misbehaving and they would say, you see that police officer right there? If you don't stop what you're doing, they're going to arrest you and take you to jail. That's emotional blackmail. Using emotional manipulation or threats to control a child's behavior. Another one that I think uh, so many of us used, um, and if, especially if you were partnered back in the day, if you were a stay-at-home mom, just wait till your father gets home. Right? It could be eight hours later before dad's going to get home and this child has lived in fear for eight hours wondering what's going to happen when dad gets home. That's emotional blackmail. And I know that, again, Gen X and boomer generations, we, we grew up with that as a standard course of how we were parented. But it doesn't change the fact that it is abuse. Another form of abuse is isolation. And this is, again, another one of those that we all experienced as Gen X and Boomer parents. Um, You know, go to your room. What you're doing right now is not acceptable and we cannot tolerate that here in this house. And you, by default, are not acceptable right now here in this moment. So go to your room. We totally isolate them from everyone to leave them alone with their pain or go sit in the corner. You can't be here in the, in this room with the rest of the family because there's something wrong. And a child doesn't have the ability to discern if there's the behaviors are not acceptable or they are not acceptable. Um, Another form of emotional abuse is excessive control. And I was so guilty of this as a parent. Exerting excessive control over a child's choices, their friendships, their activities, um, limiting their autonomy, and um, in essence, that kind of stifles their personal development. You know, how many times did I tell my daughters, nope, you're not going to spring break at Daytona. No, you're not going here. No, you're not seeing that person. And no, you're not wearing that. And no, you can't do this as an extracurricular activity. And on and on and on and on under the guise of I was trying to quote unquote protect them. And while some of that is needed in order for there to be safety and protection of our children, most of us take that a little too far and um, used it as a, as a way to control. Invalidating feelings. Again, there's that invalidation piece. Um, oh, honey, I'm sure she didn't mean to hurt your feelings, right? Um, it gives our, it leaves our children with a sense of feeling powerless and a lack of confidence in expressing who they are or what they're feeling. Scapegoating is another form of emotional abuse. 
um, assigning blame and consistently singling out a kid um, that's causing problems in the family um, or creating a destructive um, dynamics, etc. And these foster feelings of guilt and shame, um, you know, those comments that parents make, you know, your sister, she's always been the trouble child in the family. No one can ever make her happy. She's always the one, you know, the drama queen. She's always this, that, and the other thing. That's scapegoating. And um, then the final one is conditional love. Providing, you know, love and affection only when a child meets specific conditions or expectations. Um, And this leaves them with a distorted understanding of what love and self-worth mean. And actually are. Um, you know, only giving praise when the adult child, uh, does what we want them to. They choose the college we want them to go to. They choose the major we want them to have. You know, they make decisions that we think are okay. Then that's conditional love because then we're showering them with all kinds of girls and boys when, and then in reality, when they're doing things that we don't approve of, then we shut down that love, that demonstration of love in some form or fashion. So what happens, what are the profound and lasting impacts of um, emotional abuse and neglect? Well, we can have strained emotional bonds, right? Um, that lack of emotional connection uh, during crucial stages of development lead can lead to distant and detached relationships. And they s- tend to stay that way because we tend to stay in habitual behaviors, patterns of behavior, which then create and maintain the strained emotional bonds. Trust issues come up where the kids will have difficulty in forming intimate connections because they don't trust people. Um, Again, because of the emotional neglect or abuse. So this can come about and look like a whole lot of different things in life as adults um, who have had been emotionally neglected. They don't know how to connect and they're, adult relationships and sometimes we can see the outcome of that and them being in very unhealthy uh intimate relationships with a partner um, or and or their friends low self-esteem i see this all the time including with my own children for a long time um they Having a lack of emotional support and validation impacts self-worth and confidence well into adulthood. I mean, it just erodes those things for a human being. Difficulty expressing emotions um, hinders the development of of healthy emotional expression skills. And here's where we kind of get into the well, why can't my kid just come and talk to me 
normally and just tell me what, you know, what the issues are. Well, if they don't have an emotional connection to you and emotional nurturance throughout their childhood, they don't know how to express them in healthy ways. Right. And we don't know how to express them in healthy ways because so often, again, Gen X and boomer parents were not raised with emotionally attuned parents. So they can have difficulty expressing those emotions in healthy ways. Uh, it can lead to intimacy issues. Adult children may have challenges forming deep and meaningful connections um, as adults, again, in their romantic relationships with French, close friendships, etc., where they can be um, have have deep and meaningful connections. Instead, they leave things on the surface and never get to those really deep and rich connections. It can build resentment and anger. Um, these adult children are um, can harbor deep-seated resentment. I see that so often. I had that myself for a very, very long time as a formerly estranged adult child um, and was only able to release that when I got myself into therapy and did a crap ton of inner work. Uh, it has impacts on mental health, uh, can include depression and anxiety, even PTSD, and of course, long-term effects of mental health challenges and concerns um, affect the overall well-being and quality of life. Uh, repetition of patterns. They unknowingly can repeat the same or similar pattern styles in their parenting. Uh, and that, again, is passed down from generation to generation. We are these, we see that in the boomer generation from their parents, Gen X from their parents who were boomers, so on and so forth, right? And I think our adult children in their 20s and 30s today are really trying to break those cycles. And communication challenges, it hinders effective communication. Um, when you don't feel connected emotionally to someone, it leads to misunderstandings and conflict and leaves us with a, without a desire to really hear another person, listen to them deeply and to understand things from their perspective. And then as we have all seen, most of us here listening to this podcast, um, we have been in estrangement. So those are, um, in extreme cases of emotional neglect and abuse the kids just walk away. So how can unaddressed emotional wounds contribute to the estrangement? Again, we kind of talked about this resentment and anger, lack of trust, breaking down of communication, re repeating of patterns, um, an increased emotional distance, the impact on mental health, um, difficulty forming intimate connections and using estrangement as a coping mechanism. Uh, sense of betrayal and unmet emotional needs. Uh, this I want to just kind of talk about uh, for a moment the sense of betrayal. Um, adults can feel, adult children can feel 
betrayed by their parents for not addressing past issues, contributing to the breakdown of their relationship. And that betrayal is really difficult to navigate. It's difficult to make sense of. Most of us typically only think of betrayals in terms of infidelity, etc., and in our romantic relationships. But that sense of betrayal um, can be in all sorts of relationships. And at some point in the future, I'll also talk about the sense of betrayal that parents can feel. Um, from their children and that's not to place blame with the adult children it is a a way to to help parents to understand what they're feeling and experiencing and how to to move beyond that so some insights on recognizing and addressing emotional neglect and abuse to heal and reconnect Um, first of all We have to recognize, acknowledge and recognize the presence of emotional neglect and abuse within the relationship. Without that, nothing else can happen. Um, We have to get honest with ourself about our past experiences and the impacts that it had on the emotional well-being of our adult children. Self-reflection um engaging in how to understand the emotional neglect and abuse may have influenced our own behaviors our own coping mechanisms and our emotional responses um this is that self-reflection piece and understanding our own history is absolutely imperative it without it it's it's a rare occasion that i see Um, healthy restoration of relationships between parents and adult children. Open communication, um, that has to be present. Being able to feel safe in having open communication. And again, generally the adult children are not able to feel safe if the parent has not done significant self-reflection Um, their own inner work and has acknowledged and recognized their own, their, um, that it actually occurred. Seeking professional help, you know, with, with a therapist or a specialized coach in estrangement and understanding these particular dynamics between a parent and adult child, um, having that space to be able to explore and not feel judged is imperative. Um, I'm a firm believer that's the only way that we can really and truly get to the deeper things that are going on within us is when we can feel safe to share that with a therapist or a coach um, and in a non-judgmental space. I see it all the time with my clients and how profound it can be for them. And that leads to empathy and understanding, you know, in that, within that space that the uh, therapist and or coach uh, has empathy and understanding um, what has happened. And for the adult child, for the parent to have empathy and understanding 
about the child's emotional pain and experience having been raised by that parent. Making apologies and taking accountability is another piece to this. Um, it is, and it it's it is, it's an expression of a commitment to change. And without that, we don't generally see significant change, not significant enough to heal the relationship. Um, establishing healthy boundaries and understanding what those boundaries are respecting those boundaries, having the boundaries be very clear and understanding boundaries are not there to punish. Um, they are there to keep the person whose boundaries exist is to keep them safe. And if you've not had an emotional connection with your child growing up as they were growing up, oftentimes the more boundaries they have when they begin their healing process, because they realize how dysfunctional, um, their childhood was. Education and learning, listening to this podcast, reading books, watching YouTube videos, listening to others talk about these topics that are hard to hear, emotional ne- abuse and neglect. It's hard for a parent to think that they have done this for to their child, but sticking our head in the sand is not going to get us anywhere. In order to heal and move on, we have to face what happened. And we learn about those things from our children. We have to have supportive networks. And I've talked about having a network that is supportive for you. That's also not just your echo chamber, not just repeating back all the things you want to hear, but a network of support from folks who will challenge you and who will ask the tough questions without judgment, right? But just a sense of curiosity to kind of stoke the fire of curiosity for yourself. Patience and persistence, recognizing that this is a part of the process. This is a marathon, not a sprint. Um, We have to be patient and persistent. We have to remain consistent in our practice of understanding, of expressing empathy, of listening, etc. And setting realistic expectations. And the the final one is um, potentially family therapy. Um, you know, all of these things can help. And I don't know that any one or two alone is the key or the ticket, et cetera. Um, but I do think that all of these should be explored and it's in that exploration. If we do that with a sense of curiosity, without judgment, we're apt to learn more about ourselves and sometimes learning more about ourselves is learning what did not work for us when we were children as parents today and recognizing and grieving that loss and then working through what it was like to be a child of ours um, and what they are going through. 
So I hope that this has been helpful to kind of um, get through the weeds of what emotional neglect and abuse is. I hope that you've listened all the way through, even as difficult and uncomfortable as this topic is for most parents. Um, And to understand you parented the way that you parented with the knowledge that you had at the time. And while it may not have been enough for your child at that time in their life, it doesn't mean that it has to continue to be an issue moving forward. There are ways to change. And if we go with the overarching theme of these next several months to come for the estranged heart, change is a constant in life. And the more flexible we can be, the more we are able to adapt to new and different things, the more we open ourselves up to a world of intimate relationships that can nurture us, can be a lifesaver for us at different points and times in our life. And we can experience a closeness and intimacy that is takes our relationships beyond anything we've ever known before. And it's a beautiful, beautiful thing when it happens. And it's a beautiful, tremendous gift to give to your children, regardless of their ages. So I believe I will leave it here. And until next week, take care. This brings this episode to a close. I hope that this time together was time you feel well spent and that you are able to find some takeaway nuggets to help you on your journey, wherever you may be on your estrangement and reconciliation path. If you feel you've received something helpful or positive from this podcast, please consider following us, sharing this podcast with others, leaving a positive review, perhaps entertaining becoming a guest on our show, or following us on social media, on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok under the same name, The Estranged Heart. As a reminder, there is an online support group on Facebook. If you are a estranged mom who identifies as being spiritual and approaches estrangement with a sense of curiosity rather than blame and judgment and desire to do inner self-work and reflection, please seek us out. We can be found at facebook.com backslash estranged mothers support group. And lastly, if you are an estranged parent or an estranged adult child and would like to have your story shared on the podcast anonymously or not, please reach out to me via email at theestrangedheart at gmail.com.